It's time for JT the Brick. JT, the man to miss the legend. It's amazing some of the dummies that follow me. I don't know. No one knows. Whenever we crack a microphone, we're one of 32 NFL teams with the flagship station. I expect everyone to talk about the Raiders every day when I have a Raiders topic. There's not a game on this schedule against anybody. If Jimmy G's ready to go with this offense, where you can't say to yourself, you know something? We can win this game. We can win this game. People are going to go and buy tickets to come into our building because it's the best time in all of football. Now I got your attention. JT the Brick. 13, 13 is the bye week. That is bleeping real right now. Everybody gets the full playbook. You run the playbook faster. The plays get in and out of the huddle quicker. And you run the plays like you ran in Henderson. And you run them to perfection in the game. Do we all agree? Fair enough? Woo! And now. Because you're a pain in the ass. Here's JT the Brick. Show of the week here on the flagship of the Silver and Black. Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. I appreciate everybody. This week, as it's been a fantastic week here, as the Raiders are one and zero, and they sit atop of the AFC West. I don't think anybody had that. We thought some of the other teams in the division would get a game, get a win, but the Raiders have basked in the glow of being in first place as they spent the entire week in West Virginia in a beautiful setting, relaxing but really focused on football, and they're kind of doing everything right as they head into Buffalo on Saturday to play on Sunday. So the terms I used all week, puncher's chance, house money, everything that I've said this week, make the Raiders a real live underdog, so you would think. I just heard a knucklehead on the radio said they're going to lose by 30 because Buffalo is just going to feast on the Raiders being a below average team. I think the Raiders can stay in this game. I think the Raiders can win every game this year. There's not going to be a game on the schedule where I don't think the Raiders can compete and win. But there's two games on the schedule, as I said all week, that I think are the toughest. At Kansas City and at Buffalo. And we get Buffalo right now, and I think Buffalo is reeling. They are absolutely reeling. The monologue brought to you by PT's, the best happy hour in town. Our partner at Golden Entertainment is doing an unbelievable job with a new promotion called Raiding the Pubs. And your chance on game days to score... With the Raiders, by raiding the pubs and get this prize pack, two game tickets at Allegiant Stadium, a 100 rideshare credit, $100, $100 Allegiant bar credit, wow, how about that, and Vegas football game day gear. Sink your teeth into the game day grub available all season long for $5, $14 Modelo pitchers, $12 Coral's Light Pitchers, and this is a promotion that we're doing with our sister station, Comp 92.3, and Raider Nation Radio with Coors Light and Modelo. So I'm excited about that. You're going to hear me talking about raiding the pubs and everything we do here, and we're excited because this is a big-time promotion coming up here, and we want to put you in a position to win. PT's fuels the monologue as we get you ready for Buffalo. Normally, I would never miss this trip. I had to miss this trip because it was just too much time in West Virginia, and I had to do a bunch of radio shows. It was good to stay back, and next week is our home opener on Sunday night. So I got a lot of friends going to the game in Buffalo, a lot of ticket requests, a lot of fans are going to be tailgating, and Raider Nation is strong in Western New York. I'm telling you, I've seen it before going to Buffalo. It's a tough place to play, but there are Raider Nation fans there because they pull from New York City, Canada. They pull from Ohio, anywhere around that region where you can get in a car and drive. 
near Western New York, Central New York, Long Island, where I'm from. Raider fans are going to try to get in this game. The only problem is this is Buffalo's home opener. So it's not an easy ticket. And we, we say that about here at Allegiant Stadium. Every game that we host here in Vegas, everybody wants to get in. Every fan from the opposing team wants to get into the game, and they'll pay anything to do it. Well, Buffalo doesn't sell their tickets. They're not selling their tickets to Raider fans, something we should learn about here in Vegas. But Vegas is the sports and entertainment capital of the world, and Buffalo is not. So people are not going on vacation in Buffalo or going to see games in Buffalo at the level they're going to do with the Raiders here in Vegas. You get what I'm talking about. So the Raider fans who get into this game in Buffalo are the absolute best of the best of all of us in the Raider Nation. These are the fans that we aspire to. The ones who go on the road with the franchise, find their way into a hostile environment, and pull for the silver and black. So for the Raider fans who are going to make this trip, man, great job. Great job. Be proud to be 1-0. and And as I said, I got, I got all these next-gen stats from AWS. We got really good stats this year. But I'm probably not going to mention most of it today because it doesn't matter. It's week two. Buffalo's stats look like garbage because they played a poor game on Monday Night Football. You know how good Buffalo is. I don't have to tell you. They're a great team. They are. They are a great team. So if they have a bad game, why would I read the stats? It's only one game. And for the Raiders, you know, the Raiders played a good game. But the big takeaway for me with the Silver and Black is how they didn't blow the lead. They closed out the game. They had a long drive, five minutes, eight seconds. Jimmy Garoppolo slid in bounds to win the game. They learned how to win. Well, last year, they weren't winning games. They blew five double-digit leads in the second half. And I think the organization from Dave Ziegler, Champ, everyone in the executive offices, everyone on the football side, tried to build a team or reload a team that would have smarter, more explosive players who can win games when they have leads, can figure out down and distance, can understand their role on how to win a game. And that takes time. Because we all know Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler took over this organization on the football side, and they didn't like a lot what they saw. They didn't like a lot of it. And there's nothing wrong with that. They took over for a previous regime. They looked at the players. They looked at the scouting and said, no, we want to do it better. And they're in the process of doing that. Will it be better? We have to see what wins and losses. But I really trust the plan that's in place on how they want to get more disruptors and players that can come into this organization and win more games. Remember, I've told you the plan. I've taken you behind the scenes so you can tell all your friends. The franchise is trying to get good enough players at a level where they can go back to the playoffs year after year after year, like the Ravens, the Chiefs, the 49ers are doing now, whoever the team is, and sit in the playoffs for six or seven years. Very similar to where Buffalo is as we speak. Buffalo is a franchise that is going to compete and be in the playoffs most likely every year for seven, eight years, and they're going to take multiple shots at a Super Bowl. That's what the Raiders are trying to get to. Jimmy Garoppolo went 20 of 26 with a passer rating of 107.9 in his first game in a Raiders jersey. It was the second highest completion percentage in a player Raiders debut behind Jeff Hostetler, Haas. In 1993, it was at 85.2%, as well as the second-highest passer rating behind Jeff George in 1997. So Jimmy G got out of the gate and got a win. Uh, the Bills fell to the Jets in overtime in Week 1, 22-16. to 
their fifth straight loss in overtime games dating back to 2020. How about that? Including two playoff losses. That is Buffalo's longest overtime losing streak in team history. Quarterback Josh Allen accounted for all four of Buffalo's turnovers in week one. He threw three interceptions to the same player, and he lost a fumble. Since entering the NFL in 2018, Josh Allen has accounted for 84 turnovers, most in the NFL, 63 interceptions, and 21 fumbles lost. That's the show. I found the show. I just found it in front of me. That's the only shot we got. It's the, not the, the only shot we got. Josh Allen has turned into a turnover machine. I'm shocked by it. I think he's elite. I don't think he's good. I think he's an elite player. He's in a tumble like a washing machine of turnovers now. We got to keep the turnovers going. So Josh Allen should be able to clean this up at some point. But Ken Dorsey, the offensive coordinator, Sean McDermott, the head coach, along with Stefan Diggs, who's supposed to be his best friend and player, they're all not on the same page. Something's going wrong with Josh Allen. And I don't want to see him get it fixed against the Raiders. That's what everybody in Western New York thinks is going to happen this. Raiders are coming into town. Raiders aren't very good. Josh is going to play great. He's going to throw for four touchdowns. He's not going to turn it over, and the Bills will be right back on track. And it's the job of the Raiders and Josh McDaniels to thwart that and stop that and make sure they have another bad game. I mean, I don't think I'm reaching really far. The Jets, Jets have a better defense than the Raiders, but Josh Allen threw a lot of interceptions and made mistakes on his own. I mean, it wasn't Charles Woodson and Rod Woodson in the secondary for the Jets there. And Josh Allen was just throwing the ball up in the air. We call them meatballs. You're just throwing these meatballs in the middle of the air there. It was easy to intercept them. Will he do that again at home? Probably doubtful. Josh Allen has a lot of good games. He's been to multiple Pro Bowlers as a young player. So there's a good chance he's going to bounce back. And as we talked about all week, we're looking to hear from you at 702-365-9200 on how the Raiders win this game. I don't feel like you fans are split on this topic, but I think most of the fans who listen and call in and tweet realize that this has got to be a Josh Jacobs game. Got to eat the clock, run the ball. And this Raiders offensive line, that's a good front that the Buffalo Bills has. Uh, Josh, uh, Josh McDaniels will join me at the top of the hour. Our conversation yesterday, the Bills have a good front, and so does Denver. And so does Pittsburgh with T.J. Watt next Sunday night. Can this Raider offensive line run downhill? Can they explode off the snap count and push Buffalo back and open up some holes for Josh Jacobs? We're going to find out, and we're going to find out here pretty quickly. And if it doesn't happen and the offensive line can't take over the game, the Raiders will not win this game, and the Raiders will be in jeopardy of losing the game badly. Hey, I, I don't, I'm not afraid to tell you that. I'm always honest with you. The Raiders could get annihilated in this game if they're not careful, if they turn the ball over, if they make mistakes, if they don't cover on special teams, if they have 10 penalties, the game could get out of control. So they've been at the Briars in West Virginia. Completely focused. No wives, no little kids around. Meetings, team bonding, they like to call it. So you would think they'd play a really good game. As Vic Tafer reported earlier, uh, Jacoby Myers is doubtful for this game. Uh, in protocol still. I don't know if he'll play or not. Uh, Vic Tafer uh, tweeted that out four hours ago. Jacoby Myers still in 
concussion protocol doubtful for Sunday. I think we all knew that when he went down and got hit late in that game. And I believe this is what we call either the Tua Tungavailoa rule going forward. We saw it with Hunter Renfro last year when Hunter got concussed in the home opener. Remember, we lost to Kyler Murray in Arizona, and Hunter was never the same. Hunter missed a lot of time. He was never the same. He suffered a severe concussion, and it took him a while to come back again. Hopefully, this is not the case for Jacoby Myers. Hopefully, he's just in protocol, and he's going to get out of protocol quickly. When Tua, the quarterback of Miami, got concussed multiple times last year, in the game against Cincinnati, he went to the ground and put his hands up, and his hands were vibrating and moving back and forth, and he was having a spasm going from his brain to his hands to his legs. It was so ugly to watch. The only thing worse was DeMar Hamlin, who plays for the Buffalo Bills, when he almost died on the field. And when Tua went down and that happened, I instantly went on the radio and said, the league is not going to let some of these players clear concussion protocol. What I believe is the new NFL, and not so much for Jacoby Myers because I don't know his condition, the new NFL will be if you are concussed violently, they're going to do everything to keep you off the field for a week or two. I really believe that, especially the quarterbacks. If Tua gets a concussion this year, you won't see him for two, three weeks because they don't want to have the jeopardy of having to explain that to everyone. So Jacoby took a big hit. If he doesn't play and he's ready to go for the home opener, more power to him. But Michael Mayer and Hunter Renfro need to pick it up. You could tell that Jimmy Garoppolo was very comfortable with Jacoby Myers in Denver. He broke into his routes early. Jimmy put it right in his hands. He had two touchdowns in the game. Devontae didn't have any. Michael Mayer didn't get a target. Trey Tucker did not play in the game. And Hunter Renfro only played 13 plays and didn't get a target. That was shocking to me, but I didn't make that big of a deal about it because the Raiders won the game. And all I care about is winning. And they won the game because they played smart and they got off the field on defense. It was a tale of two halves where the Raiders came out and recovered an onside kick that they kind of lost, but there was a penalty on the play and the Raiders took advantage of Sean Payton's miscue of going for that onside kick and the Raiders scored on their opening drive to Jacoby. So can the Raiders score on the opening drive? Can they put the pressure on the Buffalo Bills? Can they take the air out of Orchard Park so the fans who are rabid there don't have anything to cheer about? I'd like to hear from you on your game plan and what you think the key to the game is on Friday. Chris Matthews joins us, the newsman, at the bottom of the hour from 8 News Now. Josh McDaniels at the top of the hour. And we're going to play a portion of Raiders Roundtable because I talked to Jason Horowitz the voice of the silver and black with Q, and that's what we got going on today. A couple of housekeeping items here. A lot of Raider fans are all over me. What are we doing for the home opener? Well, the Saturday night before the home opener, I have an event with Fred Bolitnikoff. Uh, That's going to be at the Ghost Bar. That's a beautiful venue, by the way. So I'd like everybody to please put that in their calendar Saturday, September 23rd, 5 to 8 p.m. at the Ghost Bar, Pre-game warm-up with Fred Bolitnikoff. I'll be the MC. We'll do a Q&A. And you, the Raider Nation, will have an opportunity to be on the roof of the Palms with Fred Bleepin' Bolitnikoff for a $25 donation. We need to pack that out as we raise money for the Bolitnikoff Foundation in the memory of Tracy Bolitnikoff. So I need everybody to pencil that in for next Saturday. A week from today, right at this time, a week from today, next Friday, I host a show from noon to two from Top Golf. 
That'll be fun. Modelo's flying. Golf ball's flying. And the Raider Nation there. Uh, give yourself time to get there. Get the Top Golf. will be there next Friday from noon to 2. So those are a couple of events that, go, that are going on. Uh, Sunday for the home opener, I'll host a pregame show live at the Torch with Eric Allen. We have several surprises for you lining up. Uh, remember, we're excited about that. Ken Stabler and his family get their Hall of Fame ring, courtesy of all the work Mark Davis did. Mark Davis has been a longtime friend of mine and my boss. And Mark Davis got on the ground and went to Canton, Ohio, and preached that everyone who's deceased should get a Hall of Fame ring. And with Mark Davis starting that and getting it going, now all the deceased players from Jim Thorpe to Junior Seau to Ken Stabler, their families are getting rings. I think it's a tremendous legacy play for the Davis family. Mr. Davis already in the Hall of Fame and Mark Davis to do this, understanding his father's legacy and the importance to protect these players and the fact that their families deserve a gold jacket. They deserve a ring. So that's going to be an exciting time for the Stabler family coming up. Uh, The other news this week has all been about Aaron Rodgers. He was on the Pat McAfee show. He had his Achilles surgery already, and he's good to go. He's telling everybody to doubt him. He's going to come back. I think he'll come back. I don't think he's going to retire that way. I don't think he's going to retire that way at all. So I think he'll come back, and he'll probably play. I think he'll probably play two more years for the Jets. It's a big topic for the Raiders because the Giants and the Jets come in back-to-back. It's a great opportunity for the Raiders to win two games in a row because they'll be facing Daniel Jones of the Giants and Zach Wilson unless the Jets go out and get another quarterback. So I'm excited to talk about that. And college football is overwhelmed by Deion Sanders. Uh, Today on First Take and all these shows, everybody's in Boulder, Colorado. ESPN is in Boulder, Colorado because they they have the rights to the game. So the game's going to be on ESPN, Colorado State versus Colorado. Fox doesn't have the game, and they sent their show out to Boulder because they don't want to miss out on the ratings for their pregame show. So everybody's talking about Dion. Now, the head coach of Colorado State is a good friend of mine, Jay Norvell. He was the Raiders' tight end coach the last time the Raiders went to the Super Bowl. Jay's had some of the biggest coordinating jobs in all of college football at Texas, Oklahoma. Big stops along the way. This guy's had every big job. He was the head coach up in Nevada, At Reno, we should be familiar with, now he's the head coach of Colorado State. I would love nothing more than for Jay Norvell to go after Dion because he's already talked about the fact that when he talks to adults, Jay Norvell said he takes his hat off and his sunglasses off. A direct shot at Dion and the arrogance of Dion Sanders. So it seems like now everybody just wants to be a Colorado Buffalo fan. It's another example. It's another example of the bandwagon society that we live in today. Uh, The bandwagon society that we live in today, everybody wants to be included with something special. Everyone wants to say, he's my friend, I like that. They don't want to put the work in. So the newest bandwagon in all of sports is Colorado Buffalo football led by Dion. So everybody that doesn't have a team or everybody that thinks maybe they like Dion because he played for the Cowboys and the Niners are becoming Colorado fans. It's the best example of a bandwagon that I've seen in a long, long time. So college football is going to be huge with this game coming up and the rest of the college football schedule. And I'm proud to announce I got a new YouTube channel. Put that together. Uh, Just go to YouTube. Please subscribe. I'm trying to build a little content on the side 
for when I do uh, radio at night on YouTube. It's YouTube, uh, JT the Brick YT for YouTube there at the end. And a lot of tweets and a busy week as I hosted the press conference TV show with Eric Allen on Monday. We did Raiders Roundtable on Tuesday. You'll hear a portion of that. And then I got a chance to interview the head coach on Thursday. I'm truly blessed to have this platform here on a flagship station of the NFL, Raider Nation Radio. I appreciate all of our partners who join us. Last night, I hung with two of our partners. We were at La Casa Cigars in Tivoli Village. That was fun. I'll be there a lot on Thursday nights. I had a great cigar, a couple of cocktails, and watched Thursday night football. And then uh, the DeCastaverde Law Group invited me to an event, Alex DeCastaverde, who's fantastic and becoming a better friend every day, and the DeCastaverde Law Group, 702 222-9999. Are you with me? Do you believe they can win the game? If you don't, I understand. I understand, Raiders and Raider Nation, because you've been pounded in the offseason by the national media who told you, the great fans of the Raider Nation, that you can't compete in games like this. USA Today said you're a three-win team. The Vegas bookmakers set the line at six and a half. All of the national talking heads don't talk Raiders. They're jealous of the Raiders and their fans, and they just don't like you to begin with. They're nervous when you show up at their stadium. They don't like you, and they've been kicking you to the curb. Now you got an opportunity to shut everybody up. If the Raiders win this game, it will be a seismic earthquake and tsunami that hits cable sports and all the partners of football. Print, media, radio, podcast, everyone will have to now look their attention towards the Raiders and say, what? Wait a second, what the hell happened? You're telling me the Raiders beat Denver and Buffalo on the road back-to-back? This is what's in front of us. Let's go get it. Let's go get it, and let's have one of the greatest home openers in the history of football. The home opener is going to be unbelievable anyway. We know how great it's going to be next Sunday night, nationally televised game. But if the Raiders come in 2-0, that stadium roof's going to pop off. And there's going to be a lot of Steeler fans there. But the Raider Nation will drown them out either way, especially if they go 2-0. 702-365-9200, my friend Thor, who's in the black hole, Kicks us off on a Friday. What's happening, Thor? Thanks for calling. JT, what's happening, my brother? Um, I'm excited. I, I believe. I believe, JT. I believe we can win. I believe we will win. I, you know, honestly, I, I thought we were going to murder Denver, and I'm happy we got to win. And like my old boy Q said, we're on the road. It's a division game. It's not going to be that easy, but let's win it. And this, we're on the road. We know we've been horrible on the East Coast these past years, but... It's our time to shut people up, and and we have to play a great game. We have to we have to protect the football. We have to take those opportunities that Josh Allen is going to give us by being out there gunslinging and letting it out. People have to catch the ball on defense. When you make a break on the ball and hit your hands, catch it. Let's make great plays. Uh, Josh Jacobs got a game under his belt. The the offensive line is going to get a little better. We can't have stupid penalties. We have to play a perfect game, and I believe we can, and we and I think we, we just might. I, I believe it's going to be a close game. I think it's a tight game. And you know what? Jimmy G is a proven winner in the history, in his history. He proved, he proven through the, every game that he's ready to win. He's not scared of the moment, and, and I think that's rubbing off on the team, and, and we're not going to be 
got to get mentally right, and and I think we will, brother. I think we will, and yep. I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready. I can tell, Thor. Excellent analysis by you, Thor who's part of the black hole, thanks for calling in, set the tone perfectly for me. He talked about all the reasons why the Raiders need to be able to win this game. They're a professional football team that did not spend time in Vegas this week and went to West Virginia to focus to win this game, to have a complete focus on this. Now, if they stayed back in Vegas all week and flew out today, I don't know, maybe they win the game. I don't know. But the fact that Coach McDaniels, along with Mark Davis and Dave Ziegler, decided to move the entire football organization to the Briars there to focus this team and to try to do something a little bit different has got to be an advantage for the Raiders. They're going to set their body clock. Their body clock is set to the East Coast. They've already won a game. Uh, it looks like you know, ESPN's reporting Myers ruled out for Sunday against the Bills when it becomes official here. When we look at all of this, the Raiders have enough talent to stay in this game. But as Thor said, it's only going to happen if the Raiders turn the ball over. They have to turn it over. They have to play great. They have to play near a perfect game. Maybe they play the perfect game week two, week seven, week 11, week 14. We don't know. But it would be nice to see a great game executed properly by players who were told to be smarter, faster, more explosive, and be disruptors. Not every player on this team, on this defense, will be back next year. Dave Ziegler will have more money to go after free agents, and he'll be able to have another draft under his belt. But as of now, we got a pretty good team. I think we're loaded on offense, and the defense has Marcus Peters, Mad Max Crosby, guys who have played in this league, and I love the way Diablo played in the first game. Fortunately, Diablo didn't have a bad game where I'd be scratching my head going, oh my God, Buffalo's got two tight ends. They're just going to pick apart Diablo and Spillane. I don't sense that coming into this game. I think the Raiders have the personnel that can match up in this game for a while. That, that, that's the disclaimer. They have some players who can hang in this game for a while and make sure they're in the game. If the game gets out of control... It's a Kansas City game, Buffalo game. Look out. They're going to be daisy cutter bombs coming down all over uh, from Josh Allen to Stephon Diggs. So keep the game manageable. Keep it close. Keep the game to halftime where you can reset and hydrate and come out in the third quarter and have the ability to go win the game. That's going to be hard to do against this opponent. You know that. Raider 66 on the Raider Nation flagship. Go ahead. Hey, good Friday morning uh, to you, JT. How you doing? Good, thank you. Great. Um, yeah, I, I also am very confident that we can win this game, although I did not like the results of the Monday night game because I think that's going to make it more difficult. Mm -hmm. I, with a, with a uh, loss by Buffalo and I'm not playing very well, it's going to make them rededicate to uh, some of the finer points and, and make it a little bit more difficult for the Raiders. I think that this uh, this running game, I think we do have to run to limit the opportunities for Buffalo. I think that'll make uh, Allen a little more anxious and maybe more prone to making the mistakes that we need. Although, don't get too uh, caught up with the rushing statistics of that Monday night game, though, because, yes, the Jets ran for 172 yards, but they got 109 of those on just two carries. So the Buffalo defense did kind of ratchet it down on the rest of them. So it's, uh, it's something that I think if we do that, if we kind of – play keep away a little bit and make them anxious uh we know alan is prone to making some mistakes although i, I want to go back to something on wednesday that uh, on your interview with um 
with Phil Villapiano and give some context to it. He was talking about Ralph Wilson helping out the, the Raiders. And, and back in 1960, the Raiders were an afterthought. They were not one of the original eight until Minnesota defected. Then the, the AFL said, we need an eight team. Baron Hilton, who had the L.A. Chargers, said, I want a team on the West Coast that can be my rival. So Oakland was given the team. They didn't really have uh, uh, an ownership group ready. They did not have uh, any coaches set. They didn't have a, a stadium to play in. They had to play at Keysar Stadium in San Francisco. So you got an Oakland team in a brand-new league playing in San Francisco. So that's like uh, trying to get flies with vinegar. Uh, they did not draw very many fans. And, uh, and as a matter of fact, they didn't really have players. They had to have, the AFL had to have a supplemental draft to give the Raiders enough players to field a team. Because once Minnesota left, everybody, the Canadian Football League, the NFL, and the AFL were all poaching players that had been drafted by them. So the Raiders basically started with nothing. And when the, uh, when the 20, 1960 season ended, they had lost half a million dollars. In 1960, they lost a half a million dollars. They were thinking of folding. They were close to going bankrupt until Mr. Ralph Wilson. So I have a very soft spot in my heart for the Buffalo Bills. Ralph Wilson stepped in. He knew, he was very smart, like, uh, like Bill Piano said, that the weakest link in the AFL was they needed to strengthen that up. And the Raiders were the weakest link. So he loaned them $400,000 and got 25% of the team for doing that to keep them going. And now they are the iconic team that we all know and love. I think the Raiders pay, finally got him paid back in the mid-60s. But without Mr. Wilson's benevolence, you would probably not have the Raiders that we yes. know today, and Raider Nation may not exist. So you got to give a big you know, thank you to him. And uh, you know, rest in peace, he passed away a few years ago. But uh, yeah, he and Mr. Davis's relationship was, uh, was epic. But just wanted to give a little more context to that. And uh, you know, go Raiders. I, I know we can do it. And uh, thanks, JT, for the time. Great history lesson from Raiders 66. Yeah, the Raiders do owe a lot to Buffalo and Mr. Wilson. He has a statue now outside their venue there in Buffalo. The great Al Davis, the Maverick, the impact that he had on the NFL. It's official coming down from the Raiders. This is from the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, Jacoby Myers is out. He will not play at Buffalo along with Chandler Jones. They were on the injury report. No Chandler Jones, no Jacoby Myers. Two important, impactful players, Chandler Jones with the personal issue, Jacoby Myers in concussion protocol. He has been ruled out for the game. The monologue brought to you by Tequila Commissario. This story is unbelievable. This award-winning tequila, 100% all-natural, estate-grown, small batch, handcrafted, Tequila Commissario, known to create tequila connoisseurs, Tequila Commissario. Expressions are defined as elegant, balanced, elevated, and distinguished Proud partner of our show, the Añejo is fantastic. The Blanco, the Extra Añejo, the bottles are gorgeous. And we'll have Gavin Maloof in studio with me on Tuesday as he's one of the owners of this new tequila brand, proud partner of our show. Coming up next, Chris Matthews will join us from 8 News Now. We'll talk to Chris and we'll get his vibe on what's happening here. Can't wait to talk to Chris, one of the elite newsmen and women that we use on this broadcast to tell us what's happening in and around this city. Sun's out. My bucket of Modellos will be put on ice, and I'll be ready to go in a couple of hours. Raider Nation, unite on the road to Buffalo. Are you with me? Get with me.
I mean, you know, Jacoby's a really good football player. And so uh, if he's not available, then um, everybody has to step up, you know, and, and uh, they'll, give, they'll give themselves great opportunities, you know, to produce. And um, that's, that's a good thing for them, you know what I mean? And that's what the National Football League's about. You know, we, we won't have any more weeks where we don't have somebody that's banged up, you know. So this is, you know, the season has begun and the injuries will, will happen as nature takes its course and other people have opportunities here to go out there and produce. And we, that's what we expect them to do. We're excited for those opportunities for those guys. All right, that's Josh McDaniels, the official word for the, for the Raiders on the injury report. Jacoby Myers is ruled out. As I bring in our good friend Chris Matthews from 8 News Now, one of our Raiders insiders, he covers sports as good as anyone and longer than anyone in town. And, Chris, you just heard Coach McDaniels. It's officially ruled out on the Raiders report here. And Jacoby had the two touchdowns in the first game. That's a big loss for the Silver and Black. Yeah, big. obviously a huge loss for the Raiders. But, you know, what? I was thinking about that today when he said, in his press conference that he doubts that he would be able to play. And so you kind of start looking around and you're thinking, well, who's going to pick up the slack? And it's got to be with, with Josh's history with slot receivers. And, you know, you can go way back, Wes Welker and Edelman. And, I mean, if you even go way back, you say, you know what? McDaniels has a pretty good history with these slot receivers and allowing them to get open, the routes, and, and so forth. And, there's, boy, there's no slot receiver better right now than Hunter Renfro. And I know last week he didn't have any, you know, touches and no targets and whatever. But I'm saying, you know what? I bet he has a big, big role this week just because of the history and what McDaniels is able to scheme and get his guys open. And, and not only Hunter, but I think that uh, Josh Jacobs will have a big game. But, uh, yeah, you know, and, and you know, that soundbite you just, you just played there, JT, I thought was really interesting because obviously McDaniels has been around for a long, long time. And he says, I think he said in that soundbite that, you know what, from, from now until the end of the season, there will be people injured. There will be people out. You just got to make do and, and move on and use your backups or, or put other people in different spots and make it work. And I think that is so true. So I'm excited, really, to see how Hunter Renfro works out this weekend, just knowing the history of McDaniels. I'm also kind of excited to see the, uh, the rookie from Notre Dame, who yeah. absolutely was uh, phenomenal the last time I saw him. Michael Mayer. So it's going to be a fun game. I'm, I'm kind of excited to see how he puts the chess pieces together. Uh, Chris, I think you nailed it. We have to see Michael Mayer and Hunter Renfro have a big role in this game because it could be a shootout. I mean, we want Josh Jacobs to run, and I'll get into that coming up here. He's a hell of a running back, but the weapons that Jimmy G has on third down intermediate, anywhere from third and six or third and five to third and nine, just somewhere to get the ball out quickly to someone who's open. Mayer ran unbelievable routes in college. You saw that. And Hunter Renfro is healthy, and he runs some of the best routes there. And who runs better routes than Devontae Adams? So if they do their job over the middle of the field and Buffalo was worried about Josh Jacobs, Jimmy G's got to hit some of these guys in critical third-down situations. Yeah, and Josh Jacobs with the uh... – the extra week now, he's back. That first week in Denver, yeah, just kind of a feeling. Now, remember, that was his first game, obviously. Mm-hmm. So yeah. he, he, he's kind of got to get into this stuff. And so with that week at the Greenbrier in West Virginia, working with the team, I think you'll see a different Josh Jacobs this, uh, this Sunday against the Bills. It's going to be really interesting to see what he does um, uh, against that, uh, that defense. Uh, Chris Matthews joins us from 8 News Now. I just brought this up, Chris. Last year's game log for Josh Jacobs – Week one, the the loss to Kansas City. I'm looking at the games here from the end of the year. When he came out and they they opened up, 
on 9-11 at the Chargers. He had 57 yards. Then the next week against Arizona, which was the home opener, he had 69 yards. And at Tennessee, he had 66. Then it went 144, 154, 143. He had 229 at Seattle, 144 against the Chargers. So he got off to a little bit of a slow start last year, and then he took off. What do you expect to see him do in Buffalo? Because last week just felt like it was a warm-up game for him. Well, I remember last year, uh, JT, it was interesting. I believe, I think it was last year, some of these years rolled together, but wasn't it last year where uh, the Patriots went into the Bills and they just ran the ball mm-hmm. almost every single play and they had a, they had a lot of success? I kind of think that will happen this week. I think Josh... Uh, Jacobs is going to have a big game. I really do. If he has a big game, you mentioned all the wide receivers and all the offensive weapons with the tight end, the receivers, and and Adams. And hey, don't forget Trey Tucker, some speed along the outside. I, I think that uh, I think Jacobs. I think he'll also come out of the backfield, and make a few catches. I expect him to be used a lot on Sunday. Chris Matthews is our guest, and Chris, how did you deal with this whole week? Especially, I watched your pregame show, and then. The coverage during the week. The Aaron Rodgers injury is such a bummer for the entire league, for all fans who just want to see the best players play all the time. And for Aaron Rodgers to be gone in a game where they beat Buffalo, the opponent that the Raiders are going to play, he spoke today. He already had the surgery. What a loss for the league to not have Aaron Rodgers to watch all year. You know, when you think about the superstars in the league and those that you will pay to go see and those that you want to see and you'll tune in and and you watch, he was certainly one of those guys. Just uh, whether whether you liked him or you didn't like him, he's been around for a long time. He's had a tremendous success. He was one of those guys that you must watch. You know, like a LeBron James or a Kobe Bryant, if you're talking basketball or, 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 you know, just whatever. He was a guy that you had to see. You like him, you didn't like him, I want to see what he's going to do. The numbers were phenomenal. Everybody was tuning into that game on Monday night, and it's just a shame. Four plays in, and that's what happens. And you mentioned it. It's not just you know the Jets and the fans and the Snake Pit fans there and, and the organization and, and whatever, but it's the entire NFL that really loses out when a star player like that is out done for the season. And we'll see what happens. I mean, he says he wants to come back, and he's a gamer, and you know how tough that guy is. And, and most of those quarterbacks are pretty tough anyway. But uh, we'll see. When you're 39 years old, it, it's tougher to come back from yeah. injuries like that. It just takes longer for the body to heal and, 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 to, and to get back into game shape, especially. I mean, it's the NFL. It's not like he's going back and playing street ball over at the YMCA. He's, so it's going to be tough. I'll be interested to see in a year, year and a half from now, what his plans are. Chris, a couple of more quick topics. You have deep roots with the Pac-12 going back to the Pac-8. Utah is a really good team and a high-ranked team. And USC is ranked number five. And all anybody's talking about is Dion in Colorado. I mean, (laughs) we both know Jay Norvell well. And Jay was a head coach up at Reno. And he took a shot at Dion here. How do you feel about this? Because I know you watch a lot of college football. You cover it on the news here in, in, in the sports department there. But as a guy who's invested in the Pac-12, are you happy to see the coverage for Dion, Or does it look like they're taking advantage of it up in Boulder? No, I think it's great. I absolutely love it. What Dion, what he, the way he presents himself, the way he presents his team, uh, the style, the hat, the glasses. I like the whole thing. I just think, you know what, here's what it is. It's kind of like, the, the carnival, the characters that Raider Nation has. I love that whole thing. <laughs> so I actually like the, the hat, the glasses, and, and, and the kind of brash, uh, real confidence that that team has that he's instilled in all those young players with his son, the quarterback. I think it's really neat. And what's cool, I'm, I'm a Pac-12 guy with my Utah Utes, so I think it's neat the attention that the, uh, 
the the uh, conference is getting. And now, when you think about it, all those those teams, you know, Colorado, Utah, Arizona State, Arizona State, all going to the Big Twelve next year. Now that even makes that conference so much better. So yeah, you know, and you, you talk about USC; they're leaving the Pac-12. Nobody, but for this year, I love the fact that Colorado's in the hunt, and really that conference is doing phenomenally well to open up the season. I don't think they've lost. I don't think they've lost the game yet. They may have lost one, but that conference is doing really well. Uh, Chris, as we wrap it up, what are you hearing about F1? There's just a lot of information with the hacking over at the MGM properties. Everybody's looking for good information now, and I'm pulling for F1. You know, I'm a diehard Golden Knights fan, even though I cover it here on the radio and want the Raiders to win the Super Bowl. But you got a lot on your plate here with F1 and the Super Bowl. 8 News Now, CBS is the home of the Super Bowl this year. But before the Super Bowl, we got to get into F1. What are you sensing around town with the construction, getting the roads ready, the build-out of the paddock? What are you hearing? Well, this is... Uh it's going to be there's a few there's some growing pains obviously this being year one they had to redo half of the las vegas boulevard and half of the other streets where the cars are going to be running because they have this special asphalt so this, they have to do it this year and then they're not going to have to do it again so yeah, and, and as far as the trees being cut down to make room for the the grandstands and so forth that's just part of the business they were they knew they were going to do that now as soon as they clear it out uh, the, the Bellagio, they'll bring some, they'll bring some mature trees, big mm-hmm. trees back in there, and it'll look the same. So, yeah, I'm like you, JT. I'm so thrilled for the F1 to be coming to Las Vegas. I know that uh, there's some controversy. It's going to be hard to get to work and and so forth for the you know the, maybe the two weeks leading to it, and then and then afterwards a little bit. But I, it, as, in terms of an event, an event that can generate up to a billion dollars for the Las Vegas local economy is phenomenal Mm -hmm. then on top of that you got all the international visitors you got those you know multi-million dollar race cars coming in here and this is just a spectacular international event for las vegas Uh, and all these drivers when you talk to these drivers and hear the the uh the sound bites from these drivers and when they're asked about hey you know in another month and a half you'll be going to vegas their eyes absolutely light up because remember this race is going to be under the lights down Mm -hmm. the las vegas strip there isn't a more popular street a more glorious street with all the resorts and the lights and all that then the las vegas boulevard and these cars are going to be racing over 200 miles an hour right down the uh, side of that thing so and in terms of an event yeah we got the, we got the super bowl on february 11th but before that you got this phenomenal f1 race right here in las vegas i'm thrilled I am thrilled. I'm thrilled to talk to you throughout the season. We talk every two weeks and text each other. Appreciate all your great insight. If the Hey, Chris, if the Raiders win this game in Buffalo, and I'm not saying they are, but if they do, can you imagine what Sunday night is going to look like for the home opener if they come in 2-0? Oh, uh, it'll be. You know, I heard you talking earlier, JT, about the, the lucky Raider fans that have a chance to go to Buffalo and, and Orchard Park and, and watch a game. It really is spectacular up there. I've had a chance to go up there, and I, I walk through the tailgating. They do a tremendous job, uh, just unmatched. That, that, that Bill's Mafia is phenomenal. They're very friendly. They love it. Upstate New York, they have all the characters uh, doing different things. Guys uh, uh, just yeah. having a blast like the Raider Nation does. So yeah. that's going to be cool. And you're right. If they win that game, on Sunday, this place will be absolutely bonkers for a Sunday night game in Vegas. Have a good weekend, Chris. I'm sure I'll see you around. All the best, buddy. Thank you. All right. Thank you, JT. Appreciate it. And I appreciate you, Chris Matthews. You kidding me? You know, that the, the newsman, I could just sit around and I got to take the newsman out to dinner for coming on here. Dana Wagner, Chris Matthews, Kevin Bollinger. 
uh, the great Vince Sapienza. Maybe I'll get it sponsored by Modelo, doing it in my backyard, a little backyard brick with the newsmen who are kind enough to join us here in the rotation on the show. I was mentioning Jay Norvell, the head coach of Colorado State, taking a jab at Dion. This is a viral video, and we'll have the audio here of what the head coach of Colorado State said before heading into Boulder. And I sat down with ESPN today, and I don't care if they hear it in Boulder. I told them I took my hat off, and I took my glasses off, and I said, when I talk to grown-ups, I take my hat and my glasses off. That's what my mother talked. <laughs> oh, that's such a good line. I love, Jay Norvell is really tight with Fred Bolitnikoff, and Fred's a mentor to Jay Norvell, who's the head coach of Colorado State. And Colorado's much better than we thought. Their football team is really good. Deion Sun at quarterback is just amazing to watch play. But they're supposed to lose some games this year, and everybody's acting like they're unbeatable now. And I'm not a Colorado fan. I'd like to see my friend Jay Norvell win that game. And if he does, uh, he'll get a lot of big press if Colorado State can find a way to win that game. Let's get to Terry here in Vegas on 920, the Raider flagship station. Hello, Terry. Good afternoon, JT. Uh, just always say that I enjoy a part of your show around lunchtime every day. I'm not a big Raider guy, but uh, you, you got talking about something I'm interested in today, and that is the University of Colorado. So mm-hmm. I am not a bandwagoner, as there are some that you suggested earlier today. But I'm basically born and bred. I went to school there 1980 to 1984, uh, played on the golf team there. When Chuck Fairbanks, who I know you know who that is, probably mm-hmm. not too many of our listeners do, coached the team, and it was awful, and then it was saved by Bill McCartney. So I've watched the coaches and players coming and going from the University of Colorado football since I was a little kid in the 1970s. So uh, you're right that Dion's a lot to consume these days, uh, a lot of overexposure and mm-hmm. some shenanigans and things that even have pushed me to the edge. But... The job he's doing, in my opinion, is nothing short of a miracle. Mm-hmm. I mean, it that is. program last year, uh, Carl Durrell at the wheel, three years, the end of the season last year, energy zero, talent zero. He never should have had that job. I mean, that program was as dead as it could be. I, I didn't really know what could save it. And they found it in Deion Sanders. And I, I, I just want people that, uh, you know, mm-hmm. maybe had it with Dion or skeptical you know, what happened in that Texas Christian game, that new kid, uh, Dylan Edwards, small running back, freshman, quick, good, fumbled early in that game. And instead of doing what a lot of coaches would do, like give him the side eye or bench him or chew him out or give him a dirty look, Dion called that kid over, hugged him, talked to him for a minute. They laughed about something, and that kid ended up in the end zone four mm. times later in that game in a right. massive upset. And Dion almost flipped the entire team. Uh, I, I study it pretty close. Yeah. He's about two nose tackles, an offensive guard, and a linebacker that can move from really making an extremely good team. Now, well, my friend, I appreciate. Let me, let me. I appreciate yeah. your call. It was fantastic, and thank you. I got to run. I'm up late here. Uh, that's the type of call I like. You're an alumni. You're embedded with the team. I don't dislike Colorado. Mike Pritchard, who's one of the greatest players, Mount Rushmore player. Mike Pritchard is a great friend of mine. So I don't have any negativity. I just like Jay Norvell because he's a personal friend. Our wives know each other well. I'd like to see him win the game. But Dion's been amazing for the sport. And I'm not on the bandwagon, but it's big. What we gained with Dion Sanders and all this coverage we lost with the injury to Aaron Rodgers. I'm in the content business. I need more content and better content every day because I can discuss it with you. Dion Sanders 
is the biggest content provider now probably in all of sports. As LeBron's off and Aaron Rodgers is injured and Tom Brady's retired. More phone calls. Josh McDaniels, head coach of the Raiders, coming up at the top of the hour. Brought to you by Remy Martin. Coach, how are you, sir? Well, Pee I've been wanting to talk to you all week, man. I mean, we got to firm up the pocket. <laughs> We're setting too soft. We're getting pushed back in the middle. All right, everybody thinks we can't hold up against the blitz, but they're sacking us with four-man rush, one three-man rush. Only one sack came off of a pressure, so I wanted to ask you what the hell's going on. <laughs> well, I believe you covered it all right there, Coach. That is a great soundbite. That's Nick Saban on his call-in. He has a sports radio show where listeners call the greatest coach in college football history, and he has fun with them. JT, back with you. Uh, top of the hour, my conversation coming up. We have a couple of conversations we're going to add into this next hour as I'm here with Bobby. Uh, Josh McDaniels, Jacoby Myers was ruled out. So uh, when Q and I spoke to Jason Horowitz earlier in the week, he wasn't ruled out. He's in protocol. Jacoby Myers has been ruled out for the game. Uh, no Chandler Jones, no Jacoby Myers. I think that's a big hit for the Raiders, but they do have depth in that wide receiver room. They have depth, and I think the depth is what can keep them in the game here because this is a team really clean. Buffalo doesn't have a lot of injuries, and Buffalo's playing better than people give them credit for. They were great last year. The problem this year is their quarterback's turning the ball over. So Josh Allen, if he plays a precise game and he's very accurate, I think Buffalo's clearly a much better team than the Raiders. Much better, probably, if they don't play perfectly on offense and Max is able to break up some plays and get to Josh Allen and hit his arm and the ball comes flying out, the Raiders can win. We're going to treat the next hour, final hour of the week, the way we should. The Raiders can, can win the game. They can win the game in Buffalo and return home. And as Chris Matthews would say, the city's going to go bonkers. That's what I want to believe coming into the weekend with Modelo, the fighting spirit. Hey, put a bucket of Modelos on ice and celebrate the Raiders with me.